Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Let's go over tonight to Ephesians 4. And uh, we want to continue with this that we've been on, entitled Give No Place. And, uh, of course, we're talking about giving no place to the enemy and the reasons why we don't have to. I heard my pastor say something years ago. He said, most Christians are ignorant of spiritual things. And I'm very quick to say, present company excluded. Amen. That's where you should go. Yes, amen. Hallelujah. But, you know, ignorance is not an ugly thing. It's not a bad thing. By definition, to be ignorant means to be without understanding. There are just things I don't understand. But for many, the greatest area of ignorance is where their authority is concerned. Their authority. And we taught for 20-something weeks, 21 services, I think, on understanding our authority. And that's available. You can order it if they don't have a copy out there. It is available. All 21 CDs for nothing. Absolutely free. Uh, to understand the authority that God's given us. But in Ephesians 4, 25... The Apostle Paul's writing here to the church at Ephesus, and he says, Wherefore, putting away lying, notice, let every man uh, uh, speak every man truth with his neighbor, for we're members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Notice, neither give place to the devil. Don't give place to the devil. So, of course, in subsequent sermons, we'll talk about the, these two issues more. Uh, as we get into some, some other issues. But Paul tells the church at Ephesus, he says, don't lie and don't be sinfully angry. Right? And then he says, why? Don't give place to the devil. So, in other words, what he's saying is if you're lying, you're opening up a door to the enemy, a loophole, a foothold. If you're angry without cause and it's sinful, and you don't correct it, then you're opening up a door, a foothold, a loophole to the enemy. Amen. The Woos Bible says, stop giving an occasion for acting or an opportunity to the devil. Now, there's a couple things that Paul says here, and we see them very plainly. Number one, he says, there's a devil. But then secondly, he says, it's possible for me to give him no place. Amen. No foothold, no loophole. No opportunity for acting. The devil is, by nature, an opportunist. He's, he's looking for an opportunity to act in a person's life. All right? In a believer's life. In a non-believer's life. And he, he gets those opportunities primarily through deception. Primarily through deception. So... Many believers feel like there's not a lot they can do about the devil. Now, when we say that, and of course I, I say that to this church, 
by and large, it might seem like I'm, I'm preaching to the choir, but uh, many people have bought into this picture of the devil as being some kind of all-powerful being and that he's on the same level with God, that you have God in the universe and you have the devil and they are the opposing forces and the devil's the head honcho over here on the bad side and God's the head man over here on the good side and they're constantly butting heads. Absurd. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. I've had people say, well, Pastor Steele, the devil has power. You better watch out. Yes, he does. He has power. But Luke chapter 10, how many times have we read it? It said, behold, I give you power to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So ever how much power he has, ever how much wisdom he possesses, I have more power. I have godly wisdom. I have godly understanding. I have access to the treasure house of God's wisdom. I have the spirit of spirit, the spirit of truth and the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of understanding dwelling on the inside of me. I have the all-knowing God living on the inside of my spirit. There's nothing the devil knows that I don't know and there's nothing he tries to pull that I can't find an answer for. Nothing. Amen. It's so important. Amen. Because a lot of Christians get their theology from the movies. You know, where the devil runs the man of God off. You know, picks the man of God up and spins him around, throws him around the room. Nothing could be further from the truth. I said nothing could be further from the truth. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When Jesus would show up and there were demon-possessed people, they would start crying out, Why are you here to torment us? Right? Well, the Bible says, as he is in this world, so are we. Not as he was only, but as he is. And we talked about last week how he is seated above at the right hand of God the Father. And we're seated with him. Far above what? All principality, all power, all might, all dominion, and every name that is named. Not only in this dispensation, but in every dispensation to come. Woo, glory. I'm glad I came to church on Wednesday. Amen. Paul states we can give the devil no opportunity. To act in our lives. Notice in Ephesians 2. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 2. We're going to look at some things concerning the enemy tonight. I've had, I've had people say. I've, I mean th these are things I've heard people say. Oh you shouldn't preach on the devil. Well why not? An enemy exposed is an enemy defeated. Amen. Hallelujah. Some, somebody's got to poke holes in that paper tiger. It might as well be us. Amen? Hallelujah. Because the devil gets so much credit, and he thrives, he is strengthened. When people start giving him credit for things he's not capable of do, to do, it strengthens him. Especially in their life. Hallelujah. The worst thing you can do to somebody who's prideful is ignore them. Because it bothers them. Because they want to be the center of attention. The enemy wants to be the center of attention. That's why the Bible says don't give him a place. Just keep the door shut. 
Yeah, but he's roaming around. Yeah, and? He has no, Jesus said, the prince of this world is coming and he has nothing in me. He has no place in me. There, there, there's no foothold that he can get in me. Well, I'm declaring to you tonight, there's no foothold he can get in you. Amen. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 2, wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of this world. Now, here's the important thing, in time past. In time past. Ephesians 2, 2 is not written to sinners, it's written to believers. And he says, wherein in time past, you walked according to the course of the world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. One translation says, your behavior, the Woosh Bible says, your behavior was dominated by the spirit of this age in this world system, and you were dominated by the leader of the authority of the lower atmosphere. But notice when this was. When you were dead in trespasses and sin. Not now. We don't walk according to the course of this age. We don't walk under the authority of the prince and the power of the air. The Bible says he's the prince of the power of the air, but he doesn't govern me. And he doesn't govern you. Amen. So they were dominated, before we were born again, we were dominated by the spirit of the age and ultimately dominated by Satan before we were born again. Hallelujah. But not now. Everybody say, not now. Not see, see ignorance is so important because it allows people to remain in a defeated position when they carry the authority to overcome. It's so important. Amen. You know, you know how they train an elephant? And they'll, 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 they'll start with an elephant when it's small, with a heavy chain and a large stake driven deep into the ground. And there's no way that baby elephant can pull that stake out of the ground. And they keep that on them constantly. Now, I'm not advocating that. I'm just telling you how they do it. And when that elephant gets to adulthood, they'll put a small rope on his leg and tie it to a stake that's just barely in the ground. But he feels the rope and he feels the tension on the stake. And he's a mammoth. But he stays right there. Because he has been deceived into believing he doesn't have the strength to break free. He's ignorant of the power that he possesses. That same animal, they will take and move tree trunks with him. But then they'll take him back and put that rope on his leg and tie it to the stake and he won't move. Amen. We have, the Bible says, the same authority in us that Jesus exercised when he calmed the winds and the waves when he spoke to demons and they left, you have in you the authority, according to Mark chapter 11, to speak to the mountain and the mountain will move. Amen. Don't let the devil put a rope on your leg and convince you that you can't move it. You can. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Hallelujah. One time Brother Hagin was 
in California, Southern California, and a, a flu uh, issue hit. And I mean, everybody was getting the flu. They were closing down schools because everybody was getting sick, and football teams were getting sick and couldn't play, and, and, the, and the meeting, the attendance just went down. People were getting the flu. And uh, there was a group of ministers that came to the uh, afternoon service, and uh, they were up talking to Brother Hagan, and uh, they were talking about uh, the flu. And uh, one minister, in tones of reverence, said, you know, well, you know, we got to watch out for this, this flu. And Brother Hagan said that he said just right out loud, he said, I don't mind telling you I'll never have the flu. And this minister behind him said, oh, Brother Hagan, I wouldn't say that. Don't you know the devil might hear you? And Brother Hagin said, I turned around and said, he's just the very dude I want to hear me say it. And he said it again, I don't mind telling you, I'll never have the flu. Amen. Because listen, <laughs> the Bible says, think about this. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 2 that Jesus destroyed him that had the power of death, rendered him inoperative. Powerless were your concern, right? First John says that he that is born of God sinneth not, and the wicked one cannot touch him. Is that what it says? There's two references in the scripture. Jesus himself said everything was established in the mouth of two or three witnesses. I just gave you two. His power and his ability have been destroyed in our lives. And we're born of God, the wicked one can't touch us. Mm. But see, religion will teach us that, you know, we got to fight the good fight. And every now and then the devil slips a Mickey in there and gets us. But scripture says, when you put on the whole armor of God and you put the shield of faith out in front of you, it stops all the fiery darts of the wicked. That was a little, a little sparse. It says it quenches all the fiery darts of the wicked. If God doesn't use the devil to do his bidding and he doesn't, then there's no reason for the devil to ever get over on us. Amen. Woo, glory. 2 Corinthians 4 and 4. Let's start in verse 3 so we can get our complete context. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the light, notice that, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, which is the image of God, should shine unto them. So notice he's called the God of this world. It may be elementary, but scripture says we're not of this world. All right, little g, he's the little God of this world. And notice how he operates. His method is deception. That phrase there, blinded the minds, means to darken the perception. How does he do that? He does it through deception. He's got to deceive. Hallelujah. He's got to deceive. And that's the method that he uses. To the point that he can deceive you determines the level of victory he has in your life. 
And when you refuse the deception, the Lord told us some time ago, some weeks ago, don't be deceived and don't listen to anything that will deceive. And when you start studying deception throughout the word of God, the Bible says there are people that are deceived by seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. The Bible says there are people that are deceived by false prophets and false apostles. But then the Bible says there are people that deceive their own selves. In Matthew 24, Mark uh, uh, 13, Luke 21, all of them say the same thing concerning the last days. Jesus said, pay attention that you don't be deceived. You take heed that you're not deceived. So I have something to say about whether or not I'm deceived. Right? Well, the enemy's a deceiver. Not me. He's not going to deceive me. He's not going to deceive you. Why? We have the spirit of truth residing on the inside of us. And everything that comes our way, we're going to check with the spirit of truth. Is this something I need to listen to? Is this something I need to be involved in? Why? Because I'm not going to be deceived. Because you are of the truth. That's what 1 John says, that you are of the truth. Say it out loud, I'm of the truth. (laughs) Somebody that's of the truth cannot be deceived if you stay in the light. Remember what 1 John said? If we walk in the light as he is in the light, we receive a constant cleansing from all sins and we have fellowship one with another. So what's the key to not be deceived? Walk in the light. Walk in the light. Because notice how he has to work. He has to darken the minds. He has to darken the perception. He has to blind the minds. Amen. Many have taken these verses when it talks about the God of this world and built a viewpoint of the devil as being some kind of all-powerful being. In reality, nothing's further from the truth. You know, the devil's not a 20-foot-tall monster breathing fire. Amen. Oh, 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 but, oh, he's wicked. Yeah, and I'm righteous. Righteousness overcomes wickedness. Light always dispels darkness. When we came in tonight and turned these lights on, there, there was not a pocket of darkness that stayed right here and said, I'm not moving. The lights came on and the darkness left. Because darkness, by definition, is the absence of light. And when light shows up, the darkness has to go. Even though the enemy is blinding the minds of those that don't believe right now, one day the light of the gospel will shine to them and they will believe and there's nothing the devil can do about it. The devil can't stop anybody from being saved once they want to believe that what the word of God says is true. His days of their dominion is over and they're going to get born again. Because he can't stop them. Amen. So we can see from these verses that the devil operates and exerts his influence through the area of mind-blinding, deception. If you look at 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 14, it's a scripture that is very important because when you look at this, the, the apostle Paul said concerning Adam and Eve, he said that the woman was deceived, but Adam wasn't. That's why all through the scripture, what do you see? Adam's transgression. Adam's sin. Never says Eve's sin. Why why is it referred to as Adam's transgression? Two reasons. Number one, he was the head of that family. 
And number two, he willfully partook of the fruit that he wasn't supposed to. But how, why did Eve do it? Why did Scripture say she did it? She was deceived. She was deceived. Do you see how he works? She was deceived. Did she have authority over him? Yes. Did she have the ability to get rid of him? Yes. Why? Because the Bible says that God created man and in his image, male and female, created he them and God blessed them and God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and God gave them dominion and God gave them authority over every creeping thing and everything that moves on the planet of the earth. The Bible says God gave them that authority. So Eve, as well as Adam, could have said, I'm not eating of that tree and you're getting out of here. But she was deceived. Now with him, it was the wisdom. God's keeping something back from you. Look how good that tree looks. But see, the woman being deceived was in the transgression. That's important. Why? Because he deceived two people that were in the presence of God daily. That heard God's physical, verbal voice say, don't eat of that tree. Amen. So his mode of operation is deception. And he deceives through his speech. You shouldn't listen to the devil. I have people still come up to me after all the years I've been doing this and they'll still come up to me and say, well, you know, Pastor, the devil's been saying to me, why are you listening? Why are you listening to the devil? He's lying. He's trying to deceive you. Right? It's like the preacher that was standing on top of the Empire State Building. And he said, I, I was standing there looking over the rail and he said, all of a sudden a voice came to me and said, why don't you jump? And he said, I, look, I, I, I looked around, you know, nobody was there. He said, I looked around and said, that's stupid, you jump. That's dumb. <laughs> well, people say, but, you know, that's obvious. I mean, I mean that's, that's just right. But how many people have heard those kind of words and followed through? Normal people, believers, Right? Because they were deceived by what was said. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 11. Am I helping you? 2 Corinthians 11 and verse 12. Paul said, but what I do, that will I do, that I may cut off occasion from them which desire occasion, that wherein they glory they may be found even as we. Now he's talking about false apostles and false preachers. He says, such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. And he says, and no marvel. Or we would say, no wonder. Because Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore, it's no great thing if his ministers be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. To their works. One translation says concerning the enemy being an angel of light, the Woos Bible, it says that he transforms himself to one that is assumed from without and not representative of his inner being. Notice this, masquerading as an angel of light. 
Now, notice this, though. He says these false apostles and false teachers are deceiving people. And he says, and it's no wonder they're deceiving people because the enemy tries to deceive people by looking like he's something he's not. So the devil masquerades. I'm getting to my main point. This is the introduction. The devil masquerades. He acts like he's something he's not. Jesus said in John 8, 44, you remember, he said that you are of your father the devil. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in truth because there's no truth in him. He is a liar and the father of it. Right? Lies deceive. Truth frees. Lies bind and lies blind. And the enemy knows that. If he can lie, he can blind you. If he can lie, he can bind you. But the truth does what? Makes you free. Amen. The reality of the enemy is far different than what he desires to portray. Look at the book of Isaiah 14. He is... uh, Far different from what he desires to portray. Isaiah 14 and verse 12. Notice this. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How are you cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? You said in your heart, I'll send up into heaven. I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'll sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I'll be like the most high. Oh, no, you'll be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. (laughs) They that see you will look on you and consider you saying, is this the guy that made the earth to tremble and did shake the nations? Now, notice this. Why is this so important? Look what it says, the very first phrase. How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer? Now, whatever point in time in eternity past, in earth's first career, that this occurred, all right, before before Adam, the result was that Satan was cast out of heaven and cast down to the ground. He fell down to the ground. How are you fallen from heaven? Right? That word cut down to the ground, it means cut down, cut off, or cut asunder. So at some point from his reign on this earth, he decided he was going to ascend up to heaven and move God off the throne. Well, he was forcibly intercepted. Amen in his attempt to attack heaven. And he was cast down. The idea we get is like you chop a tree down and it just falls over with a thud. That's what happened to him. He attempted it, but it didn't work. So in reality, far from being this all-powerful being, he is a fallen one. He has been cast down. Not asked to leave. Not shown the door. Kicked out. Whooped. 
Amen. Hallelujah, right? I mean, there's one thing to be asked to leave. It's another thing to be thrown out. Amen. Because if you get thrown out, you are trying to stay. But the powers that be were stronger than you. This hasn't changed. Because God hasn't changed. And look how it says we're to treat Him, to look narrowly on Him. I mean, you're afraid of that. Did I ever tell you the story about the spider and the deputy? I was doing, doing a Bible study uh, for 12 years in the uh, adult detention center in Johnson County, Kansas. <laughs> Bible study and substance abuse. And, 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 of course, they had to have an officer walk with you, you know. And they knew me. I'd been there a number of years. and So we were kind of talking. And this officer was taller than me. I'm not short by any means, but he was taller than me. He was probably 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Tall guy. Big, broad guy. And... Uh, uh, we're walking down the, the, the corridor, and all of a sudden, next to me, you know, he's next to me. All of a sudden, I hear this, oh, 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 and I, I'm thinking, what is going on? Jailbreak, something, what's happening here? And he looks, and he goes, kill it, kill it, kill it. And I look, I'm, I'm at a loss. Yeah, I'm kill what? I don't have a gun. I don't have nothing. And I looked on the ground. It was a spider. God is my witness. I stand before you. A spider. And I I looked at him and he's going, kill it! (laughs) He went over to it. He goes, oh, 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 I hate spiders. Man, I learned a lesson there. Six foot six, paralyzed by a spider. Amen. Are you following me? The enemy is banking on nobody seeing him as a fallen one. Nobody reminding him of the position he used to have and what he lost. Oh, I remind him every chance I get. Every chance I get. I remind him. I've told the devil a number of times over the years, listen, you're a loser. You've always been a loser. They came up with the term loser because of you. You were the first loser ever. Right? If you look in the dictionary, devil, under loser, it's your picture. Amen. That's why I saw somebody do it. Loser. Right? And I've had people tell me, oh, you, you should show the devil some respect. You'll make him mad. He's mad all the time. He was, he was mad when he woke up on the earth going, well, what happened? Yeah, right? He, he was mad. The boy hadn't been right since God cast him out of heaven. He's been angry. He's been upset. He's, the Bible says in Revelation, he has come down to the earth and he's mad at humanity. He's angry and upset because he knows his time is short. Amen. Amen. Well, we know his time is short too. Amen. And as far as he's concerned in our life, he has outlived his usefulness. Glory be to God. Amen. That's so important. He's a fallen one. He, listen, he reigns nowhere. 
People, you, you, you watch Christian videos and Christian movies and they'll have the devil on a throne in hell. He's not in hell. He's fighting everything. He, he's get, exerting every bit of strength he can to never go there. He doesn't want to go there. He's not in hell. He's never been in hell. He doesn't have a throne in hell. The Bible says he is locked into this temporal existence just like you are. He is roaming about the earth in the atmosphere seeking whom he may devour. And he's got some little powerless minions to do his bidding. Amen. And we have the host of heaven at our charge. Whoo, glory. Oh, that's good. Look at, look at Ezekiel 28. Oh, where's our time go? Same place it always goes, I guess. <laughs> Ezekiel 28 and verse 14. He's speaking of Lucifer. He says, you're the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set you so. You was, you, notice this. You were on the holy mountain of God. You have walked up and down in the midst of the stone of fire, stones of fire. You were perfect in your ways from the day that you were created until iniquity was found in you. Notice the phrases. You have, you were, you was. By the and he, and he goes on and says, going down to verse 17, your heart was lifted up because of your beauty. You have corrupted your wisdom by reason of your brightness. I will cast you to the ground. And I will lay you before kings that they may behold you. Do you see this? Again, we see, been cast down. The Bible says here in Ezekiel, God said, I'm going to cast you down as a profane thing. You know, if something's profane, it's filthy, it's useless, it, there's no good in it. That's where, you know, the word profanity, there, there is no good profanity. Well, I, I thought I'd get a few more amens about that, right? There, there, there is no good profanity, there's no slipping. Well, you know, I mashed my thumb and I just slipped and cussed. You need another dip. Not of Copenhagen either. Amen. Another dip in the blood. But anyway, you've been cast down. You're profane. I created you perfect. I created you beautiful. You were magnificent. And one day, whether it, we don't know how he saw himself, but somehow he saw himself and Lucifer took credit for what God did and pride was birthed in his heart, and iniquity showed up, and at that moment he thought, I can overthrow God. And God reminds him, you were perfect, you were beautiful, but I cast you down as something profane, and I'm going to lay you before kings, and they're all going to see what you really are. Whoo, glory. Say it out, I say, devil, I know what you really are. You are a fallen one. Oh, glory. Isn't it amazing that he's a fallen one, but we're exalted ones. Whoo, glory. 
right now, right now, and not just in the spirit, in the spirit, but the spirit is more real than the natural. Right now, in the reality realm of the spirit, you are seated at the right hand of God the Father with Jesus Christ, far above all principality, might, and power, and dominion, above every name that is named. And the devil is nowhere in the vicinity because he's been cast down. Glory to God. Whew. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. In uh, Revelation 12. Revelation 12. Thank you, Father. And uh, for the sake of time, I'll read through these quickly because there's much here. It talks about the nation of Israel and, and the coming of the Messiah. But verse 4, talking about the great dragon, the devil, and his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. That's the third of the angels. And they were cast to the earth and stood before the woman, Israel, which was ready to be delivered to devour her child. So he's always persecuted the nation of Israel. Verse 7 says, there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought in his angels. So they put up some resistance and prevailed not. Oh, that's important. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called the devil and Satan. My mama called him Slewfoot which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then the next verse says that they heard a voice. The latter part of that is the accuser of our brethren is cast down. Cast down. So he fought, he didn't prevail, and got cast out. That's important. Because now we've seen three witnesses. And we're going to see four, that he is a fallen one. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And, 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 and what makes him all the more upset is there's nothing he can do about your redemption. There's nothing he can do about your righteousness. There's nothing he can do about God blessing you. The only thing he can do is attempt to roam about like a roaring lion and deceive. If you won't be deceived, you are undefeatable by the enemy. Cannot be defeated. Cannot be defeated. Luke chapter 10. Luke chapter 10. Oh, there's a lot here. I said on Sunday, you, you can't just preach it all in a few weeks. <laughs> Luke 10 verse 17. This is a familiar scripture, but notice. The 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils or the demons are subject unto us through your name. And he said, oh yeah, well, I beheld Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Now, here's my question. How does lightning fall? Fast. Right? So he wasn't just, he didn't just float gently to the earth. He came down quick. I heard one theologian say that he believed he could prove the reason why the earth is tilted on its axis is because when the devil hit the earth coming out of heaven, he tilted the earth on its axis. 
Now, whether that's true or not, I don't know. But boy, it's a good thought, isn't it? Amen. Woo! Couldn't you imagine that? I'm going to do this. Well, what happened? Amen. He says, I was there. I saw him fall. So evidently that war didn't last very long. Now think about this for a moment. In the last about 10 minutes that we have left, think about this. But yet you will see Christian movies and hear people preach and hear pe- people will write books about encounters with demons and how the demons threw them around and kicked them and, 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 and all these different things. And, and, and you'll see Christian movies where the angels of the Lord are kind of standing around the devil like they're almost afraid of him or reverent of him. That's not the idea we get from Scripture. Yeah, but you know, Michael, let me tell you what Michael did. The Bible says, remember in the, book, in, 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 in the New Testament, it says that, 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 that there were people that were not afraid to speak evil of dignitaries, meaning people in political power, kings and people that are in political power. And it says, don't you understand that even Michael, when, he, when Satan was, was arguing with him over the body of Moses, he didn't bring a railing accusation. That just means he didn't waste his time arguing with him. He said, Satan, the Lord rebuke you. Right? Michael wasn't backing up from him. He said, look, here's my weapon. The Lord rebuke you. I'm not going to argue with you about this. You're not getting his body. The Lord rebuke you. That's how it's going to be. Michael was there to protect that body. He was there to stop the devil from doing what he wanted to do with that. Are you following me? One angel. One. Ran him off. And the Bible says you have power over all the power of the enemy. That's why the the angels look at you sometime and go, my Lord, what is man that you're mindful of him? Look at the power and the authority you've given him. You've given him access to the name of Jesus. My Lord. It astounds them. It, it, It boggles their mind. These perfectly created beings cannot understand the power that we possess. The authority that we possess. Amen. Revelation 20. I'm hurrying. Say it out loud. The devil is a fallen one. He's a fallen one. Revelation 20 and verse 1. And I saw an angel. Oh wait, it doesn't say a legion? Or hundreds? No? I saw a angel come down from heaven having the key to the bottomless pit and a great chain in his hand. Woo-hoo. And he laid hold on the dragon. He laid hold. The old serpent, which is the devil, and bound him a thousand years. Put him in the bottomless pit. Set a seal on it. Is that right? How many angels? How many? One angel with a what? A big chain. What did he do? Came down and grabbed him right up. Are you seeing this? This should make you happy. Because one angel grabs him by the nap of the neck, chains him up, and puts him in the bottomless pit. And notice, there's no fight. There's no struggle. It's just 
It's over. One angel. Hallelujah. Do you see that? Because why? He's a fallen one. He's a fallen one. Look at James 4. James 4. This is, this, this is so powerful. That's why you don't get your theology from movies. <laughs> right? Or, or books. People write books sometimes. People write articles in magazines. You can never take the word of an experience over what the word says. A man with the word always shows a man with an experience. Doesn't matter what experience you've had. Amen. I've had people tell me that the devil came in their room and held them down. Held them down on the bed. Wouldn't let them move. And my thought was, why'd you let him? Oh, there was nothing I could do. They're not? Resist the devil and he will flee from you? Amen. James 4, 7. Submit yourself therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. One translation, the Phillips translation says, but resist the devil and you'll find he'll run away from you. That's what, that's what you're going to find. That if you resist him, he runs away. The New English says, stand up to the devil and he'll turn and run. He'll turn and run. Now, why is this important? Because James lets us know two things. There, number one, there's not, there are people that don't stand up to him. But if you do, he'll run. Why? He's a fallen one. That's what he does. I said, that's what he does. When the heat gets too much, he runs. I'll share this story with you and I'll be done. When I was a boy growing up, of course, we lived in West Texas, lived for a time in Clayton, New Mexico, which is just over the line from Texas. And a, a, a friend of mine and his family moved there. Uh, named, his name was Robert Hickok. They moved from Waycross, Georgia. I don't know why anybody would move from Waycross, Georgia, Georgia to Clayton, New Mexico. It makes no sense. Uh, I mean... Clayton, New Mexico, is, it's all sand. There's, there's nothing beautiful about it. It's just, it's horrible. If you're from Clayton, God bless you. It's a good place to be from. But <laughs> me and my friend, I don't know, well, many of y'all will. You remember alleyways? Remember alleys? You know, between streets, there'd be alleys behind the houses. And you'd cut through the alley as a kid. You got to know where the alleys were. Well, I had a friend in that town named Bobby Allen. Robert Allen was really his name. And, and we called him Bobby, and of course I had my friend Robert. And I'd been around Robert for a number of years, and, and uh, this Bobby Allen, he was a big talker. And he was kind of a bigger kid. He was bigger than some of us. And uh, so he would kind of throw his weight around. You know, when he would talk to you, he'd kind of, you know, embellish. And everybody just kind of gave him a, a wide berth, you know, because you, you didn't know. I'd never seen him get in a tussle. I didn't know. And, and we're walking through the alleyway, and uh, he popped off to Robert. Man, Robert had him whooped in about two minutes. I mean, had him whooped. Had him up against the side of the, of the, of the, of the shed crying. Had just, now, I'd seen Robert 
get in that mode before and I knew just step back. Amen. He had never had anybody stand up to him. And when somebody stood up to him, it was evident how little ability he possessed. I, I want to encourage you as we're closing tonight. Quit talking so much about how the devil fights you. Oh, the devil's fighting. It's a losing battle because he's already lost. It's a loser trying to gain ground back. Quit talking about his mind games. Well, but the devil's been talking to me. Shut him up. Cast him down. Shut him up. Brother Copeland said, take the double-edged sword and jab it down his throat. and He'll quit talking to you. Amen. Amen. So you got to quit those things. Why? Because that is, that, is, that is enabling him to get a loophole. No, Mr. Devil, you have nothing in me. Amen. You can't be around my house. You can't be around my family. Amen. I've told people that one time. One time I went home and, and I was sitting in my office and uh, the Lord said something to me. And uh, he told me about this certain young man. I told this young man that I didn't want him around our house and around my daughter. And uh, the Lord, I was sitting in my office and the Lord said, uh, he's headed to your house right now. I said, okay. So I went out and got in my car. and We only lived about 15 minutes from the church, from the house. And uh, I got there and, and sure enough, his, his car was out there, you know, in the street. And, and uh, I went up and you know, do have a key to my own house, right? And so uh, I, I, I went in the house. Now, there's nothing necessarily inappropriate going on other than he was there. Right? Now, you know what I didn't do? You know, hey, I understand. Hey, man, it's okay. Now, I went in and grabbed him here. I grabbed him by his collar, picked him up. He was walking like this. And I took him to the front door. I said, I told you never to come to my house again. He just kind of looked at me. I said, now, I'm telling you this. Leave and don't come back. Because next time, if you come back, it's not going to be this nice. Right? He had to go. Don't ever let the enemy just sit on your couch and talk. He's got to go. You got to go. You got to go. You're not going to blind my mind. You're not going to blind the mind of my family. You're not going to do that. Pick him up and take him out the door. Right? Amen. Say it out loud. Say, devil, I know that you're a fallen one. And from this moment on, I treat you as such. If I have anything to say to you, I'll write it on a piece of paper and tape it to the bottom of my shoe because you are under my feet in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, let's stand up tonight, shall we? I trust you receive from the Word tonight. Glory be to God.